Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. As we are waiting for just a few minutes, I would encourage you to get a notepad, a pen, get your prayer shawl, Amen. your blessed oil, because I will be teaching and this will be comfortable, but we will be going to school. We will be learning today. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so we are going to get started. So again, make sure you have your prayer shawls, make sure you have your oil, and most importantly, because I'm gonna go through quite a few scriptures, I want you to have a notepad and a pen because I want you to study this word after, after this is over. Amen. So first again, I go back for just a, those of you that are just joining, I give honor, to God and to Papalovi for using, for God for using Papalovi to change our lives radically. And I say for myself and my family, our lives have been radically changed just with the introduction. Um, as I hear my brothers and sisters talk this week and are here talking to you, they talk about how we first started in the um, house with Bible study. And I know Mike was one of the first ones that was there. I can't say that was me, I wish it was. But I can say from the first night that I came, and I have to be honest, and he, Papa Lobi doesn't know this, I was uncertain, because we live in Los Angeles and all kind of stuff is happening here. <laughs> and I don't want to expose myself to things that should not be. And so I went before the Lord first after coming and I said, he has to talk about this, this, and this. He has to say these words. And in less than five minutes, when I came in and sat down, less than five minutes, he said everything I asked God. And so I knew I was in the right place. Mm -hmm. And I can tell mm -hmm. you that he has such a humble heart and a love and a richness and a, a richness of the word and a humbleness of spirit. And even as you watch and you listen and you learn, you know that these things are not learned by just reading the Bible. Mm -hmm. No, it is learned by God himself who has revealed himself to, to him. And his passion is for us to learn. I think of that as the teacher, the gift that I've been given as a teacher. That is my passion that you would learn. And um, it's so amazing the humbleness that he has, the servanthood that he has in him, but the humbleness that he has because when we move from the church, from the house to the church, he's still the same humble man. He's still saying the same message of God, of love and Jesus and humbleness and love and forgiveness and erring on the way of love, on the side of love always and forgiveness and just, it's just amazing when you watch a person walk that out consistently, that's not something that they're doing. That's something that's embedded in them. And so you just want to draw and pull from that. And so I honor you, Papa Lovi. I honor you, Mommy Maggie, for the family that you have made us, that as we are coming forth from bringing forth this word, there is no competition, but God is just... Um, giving us the word to give. When I thought of this, I thought about, we are at a banquet table and we are have a buffet of whatever it is that you wanna eat. You just need to tune in every night 
and you can eat from that and be filled every single night. Amen. And the oil that is flowing every single night is flowing from our, from Papalovi. It is flowing from who is leading us. It is flowing from God through him to us, through, to you. And so again, I encourage you, listen closely. This is a word from God. Um, I want to start by saying that the word that I have for you is to count up the cost. And I want to give you a testimony of what happened to me last night and this morning. So in my studying, since I um, was told that I would be here tonight, in my prep and in my study, I was studying and coming with what I had already and what I thought I was hearing from the Lord and I was preparing, preparing. And then yesterday, late yesterday, um, it seemed like maybe that wasn't the word. I started changing it around. It was like, no. And God spoke to me and said, daughter, I've already placed it in you. It's already in you. Amen. You don't have to prepare this hard. But I was preparing that hard, not so much for me, but so that I could honor God. Yeah. I don't take it lightly that I would be before God's people. And okay, now I'm, we're family, so I'm not going to be before God's people and be raggedy. <laughs> I don't want to look raggedy and that's how I'm representing him yes and so I'm putting my heart and my soul and everything into this um, and God said I have already placed it inside of you and even as I said that I told my daughter I go everything I prepared God's doing something else so I guess I'm going to speak it another time I'll have to use this another time and we kind of laughed about it and I put it to the side but before I went to bed I looked at it for my notes and I went back through stuff and I started working again and um, I stayed up till late in the morning just working and just getting it in me just again I just wanted to make sure that it was right for this house and it was right for God and um, I slept and I have to tell you Mike your word was on point for me I needed to hear that and then when I heard you in the end that said the three major things of principles of God that if you get that down is serving, is submitting, and it's money. And I now know I had the last one pretty much down pat. I've been teaching that and God has given me that. But it was the serving and the submitting. More of the submitting. I'm transparent and honest. I do serve, but it was the sir it was it was that combination of serving and submitting. And I know that God has spoke a word for me and I literally sent um, Michael message Sunday after I heard it and I said I really needed that I really needed that so I've been eating on that all week and Amen. when I woke up this morning I went to bed late I woke up this morning and I heard and I laid before because it's one thing to hear a word and it's a whole nother thing to hear it grab it for yourself and not just say with your mouth that you receive but grab it for yourself and determine that you are going to walk in that thing that's when That's it makes good. the difference. And so I laid in my bed and before getting out of a bed, I just got very still and thank God for the day and whatever he was bringing today. And I knew this evening, but during the day would be fine and everything was going to, you know, this is a day that the Lord has made. I'm starting by rejoicing before I get out of the bed and, and, and being glad in this day. And then I remembered the lesson of submitting. And so I laid in the bed and I went inside myself and I saw myself doing this 
in just laying out prostrate before the Lord. And I said, I submit to everything that you want done this day. I cannot do this by myself. I need you for everything and I submit to you, God. And as soon as I said that, guess what? I got a call on my phone from one of my family members in the family, in our family from India. So let me go back and tell you who this person was and how strategic God is. A month ago, Papalovi on a Thursday night Bible study was in, uh, in church was telling, mentioned my name and said, you need help with your finances. You need to see Mama Peggy. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm known for. And I love that. Mama Peggy, you need to see her and get with her for her to teach you. And I got calls from Africa, India, just all over the place through the middle of the night. And this gentleman, um, I, I want to say Jesus Antonio is his name. And he called me and then he said, oh, and he left a message. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't remember the time zone. And so it's in the middle of the night. He left me that message. So the next day I listened to it and I sent him a text and I said, um, go to my website, put, um, do a reply in there and tell me what you're interested in and how I can help you and I'll respond to you that way and I'll tell you when the next, when the next workshop is gonna be, financial workshop is gonna be. And he told me, um, and we talked that way. Well, the other day I was in WhatsApp and I happened to hit his phone by mistake. I thought by mistake, it was not a mistake. I thought by mistake. And when I hit it, I instantly stopped the call because it was a mistake call. Well, all everything God does is in order. We don't have to understand anything. That's why we can submit. Mm -hmm. That's why we can serve, we can submit. And so um, the phone call came in. He was just calling me back and said, I'm calling you back because I missed your call. But he called me as soon as I told God that I submit to him this morning. He talked to me on the phone and he said, Mama Peggy, I'm listening to your voice and I see you being a transformer. Or he said, I see wires, like electrical wires. And there's a lot of wires that are on the ground. And I see your wire and it's got the sparks and the fire to it. And you are hitting all the wires that are on the ground and you're bringing life. And now all these other wires are starting to spark. He said, you are the conduit. You are the one next to God that is speaking to us about this, about our finances. You're so powerful. And then he said, the Lord said, don't worry about tonight. The Holy Spirit will speak through you. He said that and I just broke down because I needed that. I needed the weight off of me. We continued to talk. He prophesied to me, I prophesied to him. We spoke in the spirit together. It was an amazing opportunity, an amazing time that God had set up. Literally, this gentleman gave me a key tonight so that nothing would be hinder or be in the way of the flow of the Holy Spirit. You see, all I had to know was that God would speak to me and all I had to do was talk. That's all I had to know. And I was able to lay everything else down. And so we spoke. He went in so deep with me that he told me the prophetic word that Papalova gave me two years ago on Easter. 
he gave me that same word. He confirmed things that have been spoken over me. He spoke over my children. Mm. He spoke over Prosperity 101, financial workshop. He spoke over it. He spoke over my life. He confirmed things with me that only God has shown me. And so I blessed him and gave him thanks. And openly, he told me that he would be on tonight. I'm giving thanks to him again because it is because of him that I told him he literally was the wind, W-I-N-D, at my back that pushed me forward today. And so I'm grateful for that. I say that because as I come to you with my gift, you have a gift. And we all need each other's gifts. Never ever think that somebody has a gift and it's greater and you don't play a part. How are you going to leave your name in this earth? There are many things for us to do. Many, many things for us to do. Many things. It's like a jigsaw puzzle. Everybody has a part. Somebody is the center. Somebody is a corner piece. Somebody is a a, a piece that you don't know where that piece fits, and you're finding your way through that. But everybody plays a part. Everybody. Amen. We sometimes look at people at different levels. I'm going to stay right here. We sometimes look at people at different levels and think they can do it, but that's not for me. God has just called me to do. God's called you to do powerful things. We are showing up in this earth as the Lord. We are heirs to the promise. We are uh, co-laborers in this thing. We are the representative. We are the eyes, the ears, the mouth, the hands, the feet of God. How will people know it lest we go and use our gifts? How will people know it? We cannot be shy about this. I'm calling to you and telling you to be bold in your walk. Spend your time with the Lord. Listen to what he says. But whatever he told you, go boldly because he's got you. Just as he did for me today. So let's start with this. The title, and he gave me this title, was to count up the cost. I wrote a few notes so that I would not miss what he gave me, but he will flow through me. Amen. So when we talk about counting up the cost, man, we have to count up the cost of walking with the Lord. Who told you this was going to be easy? Who said that? This is a difficult walk, but it's worth every step. He's got you on every side. And I have some scriptures that I'm going to prove to you and show you what he says. But who told you that the walk with Christ was going to be easy? But this is our call. Remember, he knew us before he formed us in, in, in our mom's womb. He, he ordained us. He sent us here. And when he sent me here, he sent me here with an assignment. I came here after I said yes that I would do what he has called me to do. And it was my time to enter into this world to do it. Not before, not after my time. I was on time. He's called all of us, so we are here walking with him. Even the times in my life, I knew him, but I refused to walk. I tuned out that frequency. I didn't want to hear the voice because I wanted to do what I wanted to do. He was still walking with me and keeping me. And it was still all in order, and it's still all being used. So in your daily living... You got to count up that cost and really decide, am I going to do this or not? 
One of my pet peeves is doing things, um, just doing it halfway. I just rather you just don't do it. Just don't do it if you're not going to do it. Amen. And in the word it says, don't do as you are doing unto the Lord. So when we are walking for the Lord, with the Lord, and for him being his hands, his feet, his mouthpiece, his heart, loving people, we have to do it with all of our might. But it's not hard because we have him with us. And so you know it, it's not hard because you, you, it's smooth. It's when you hit that wall. He's either teaching you a lesson or you're going in the wrong direction. Just go back. Seek him. Find which direction you're supposed to go in. I say this Eve also too. Count up the cost as a family. For your family. In a marriage. This is near and dear to my heart. And if you've been in my workshop, you know that I favor marriages. Um, and I try to speak on things that I did the wrong way so that you don't make the same mistakes. So even in a marriage, count up the cost. If you don't want to be a husband, don't ask her to marry you. <laughs> People will tell you I'm going to be honest. If you don't want to be a husband, if you don't want to love her like Christ loved the church, don't do it. If you don't want to be a wife and speak over that man, and be his safe place and his resting place and have a kind and gentle spirit which is pleasing unto the Lord. I think uh, we were hearing about that as well with submission. Lena was, um, Cavalina was talking about that, submitting to your husband. If you don't want to do it, don't say yes. Count up the cost of things that you are doing so that you are doing everything you're doing is unto the Lord. If you don't want to trade your life to give up all the things you want to do so that you can make sure that you are a good parent and that you are seeking the Lord on how to raise your children, don't do it. If you want free time and you don't want to go to the soccer games and the football games and do homework and all these stuff you have to do and teach them the word and speak over them and lay hands on them and anoint them with oil and speak to them who they are, not what they may be doing at that time, then don't have the kids. Do everything that you're doing. Count up the cost and do it as unto the Lord. If you have a ministry, you're working with people. You're working with broken people. We are broken in so many areas. A crack here, a crack there. It's not, and I say this even in marriages, let me back up with that. When God has placed you together, it is not for you to fix your spouse. He has said, this is a gift that I am giving you. Now it's a little cracked and bent in some spots. But me and that person, me and that man, me and that woman, we're going to work on this together. But can I trust you to carry them and not shake them up any more than they have been shook up already while we are working on healing and wholeness? Will you carry them? Will you walk with them slowly? Will you care for this gift that I'm giving you? That's the posture that we're supposed to have in our marriages. I don't see that. I don't see that a lot of times. And then we wonder why it doesn't work. Guys, women are wired differently. You don't understand us. We don't understand you. But we do complement each other. 
have a soft heart, both of you. When you have the arguments, go your separate ways and go to the Lord and ask first, what did I do, God? What could I do different? Seek God to see how you can fix yourself first. What do you do? Don't go to bed angry. And I don't care if it's not your fault. It's okay for you to say, I'm sorry. That's your humbleness and being submitted. Take the things that God gives you seriously. Because it is done, it is for something greater than yourself. So we literally have to be selfless. Learn their um, language of love. Learn it. You don't have to understand it, but that's how this person responds to it. And then do all you can do to respond to her or respond to him the way he understands love. I don't know who this for. I don't know who it's for. I see too often that not happening, so I presume that it is for quite a few of us and even for me on my journey. But I have learned the lessons. I've learned different lessons and I have committed to doing it right if I, as God gives more chances, I'm, con I'm committed to doing it right. If you have a business, count up the cost for that business. Sure, he gave you the idea. Sure, he gave you the idea. Sure, he gave you that vision. All of it is right. Count up the cost. Don't mingle it with your personal expenses. Count up the cost. Keep the things separate. If you do it like that, you'll see if the business, you'll be able to tweak the business more. You'll change the marketing, you'll change the graphics, you'll change the platforms that you use. But if you mingle it with your livelihood, if it goes down, you go down. Those are tricks of the enemy. God works in decency and in order in our marriages and with our children in our ministries, in our business, in our own life, how we eat, how we exercise, what we read, in our mind. God blesses order. He will not bless a mess. He just won't. And so before I start into the word that I'm going to give you, I want to tell you a little bit about myself so that you can learn a little bit about me and why I am so passionate about teaching what I teach. So I grew up on the south side of Chicago, poor, seven people in a two-bedroom apartment. I come out here to L.A. and people have yards. We had the alley. That's, that was my yard. That was where we played. <laughs> but if you don't know anything different, it was good. We had fun. <laughs> what can I say? Um, yeah, I knew that education was the way out. And so I continued to get education and and went forward in school and got a master's degree. Married, had children. We had great wealth. We shopped till we dropped. We traveled every place. We ate in fine establishment. We drove luxury cars. We built houses from the ground up. We had no budget, no, no savings, no emergency, and no Jesus. That was a recipe for disaster. Mm -hmm. And so that was also major, major dysfunction. But when you're in the midst of something, you can't see it. Other people can, but you can't see it. The marriage didn't last. 
But for some reason, still staying in that environment and that house and everything, I don't know why I thought going from two incomes to one, and mine was the lesser income, would sustain us. It didn't. It couldn't. It didn't even add up on paper. I don't know what I was thinking, or obviously I was not thinking. Um, and if things hadn't got worse, it wasn't bad, they got worse. I lost the job that I did have. Mind you, this was the time where God was working on me and the frequency was coming in and I was hearing his voice more and I was guide, being guided to him as he was wooing and calling me. And I lost the job that I did have, so I went from a little bit to zero. Well, I'm a hard worker. I know how to hustle, I know how to get out here, I know how to work. And I can get a job. I have a master's degree. But that same thing that took me to wealth and afforded me the wealth, now God was doing something different. He blocked it. He didn't allow me to get a job. He shut every door. I ended up taking things off my resume to be able to get a dishwashing job at night. And I worked five jobs, that one dishwashing job at night and four more during the day. I did mystery shopping. I did administrative work. I worked in a real estate office. If it was legal, I was doing it. Because I was trying to bring in as much as I could so that we could keep a roof over our head, the lights on, food, and my kid's belly. It still wasn't enough. The five jobs still wasn't enough. Again, I'm getting closer and closer to the Lord. He worked with me with that. He filled in where I, is, even though I was doing the work, he filled in where I had the voids. I stood in the food pantry line to feed my children. I had the church and social services paying my utility bills from month to month. I got food stamps. Um, yeah, and that house, it went into foreclosure three times. Three times. Now I am in the church, and I am hearing the word of God, and I am listening and learning. The house went into foreclosure three times, and all three times God told me what to do. And when I submitted myself to him, followed his instructions, he got me out of that. Now, mind you, during this time, he had a lot of stuff that he had to work on me. A lot of pride, a lot of humbleness, a lot of submitting to him. I did a ton of crying a ton of crying. And that's one of the reasons that I'm here today and I teach the way I teach now because I was crying because of the lies that the enemy was telling me. I wasn't mature enough in the word yet to be able to turn that voice down or off or speak back to it, the word of God. And so he was telling me, all those people used to give to under the bridge, the people with their kids in the shopping cart, that's going to be you. You're going to be thrown out on the floor. Look at the mess you made. Look at what you did. The embarrassment that I felt, the shame that I felt, the guilt that I felt. It was one thing for me to mess up my life. It was a whole nother thing for me to take my children in the mist and drag them through that. And all those words I just said have nothing to do with God. So you know that that was the enemy speaking. But again, I wasn't mature enough to be able to keep fighting that back. But I'll tell you what I did do. I went to church every Wednesday for Bible study, every Sunday for 
for um, church. I took my notebook, I wrote my notes, and I came back, I studied my word. The Bible that I had then, I still have, and the thing has fallen apart with the backs that have come off of it. I studied that word, and I kept digging into that and seeing what is going on with that. Over a four-year period, God took me through that because he was taking me through a refining fire. And my scripture that I stood on then during that time was, the Lord knows the way that I take, and when he has tried me, I shall come forth as pure gold. And so those, I started learning how to speak back to the enemy. I heard a message that said, when you make your situation your sanctuary, just praise and worship in the midst of it and thank him because he's doing something. I used that. I used the word that kept me afloat. Mm -hmm. When God brought me out, he brought me out. I have never seen those days before ever again. Recessions have come and gone. I've never participated in them. I only continue to go higher and higher and higher because just like my brother Mike said, there are some principles that you need to use. Principles of the word of God concerning your money. And if you will use those principles, if you will honor God, if you will put everything you have into it to, to him, to honor him, your life will never, ever, ever be the same. Never be the same. Amen. And so fast forward with that, when God brought me out. Now, I'm the first in my family to effectively manage my money. I have some others that are coming on along now, but I was the first to do that. My children that I've had so much guilt with, they honor God with their money, with their tithes and their offerings, and they are doing absolutely well. And they know how to manage their money as well because I wasn't going to teach something to someone else and my household was not covered. That was a complete lie. The um, house that went into foreclosure is now an investment property. Every lie that was told to me that I laid out on that floor and cried, I laid out on the floor and cried and said, God, I give up. I just give up. I can't do this. Because you see, I came from a life from in the street. I had phone call, phone numbers I could call to change my situation in a minute. But I had to decide, was I going to live and die for the Lord or was I going to go back out there? And my choice was, no matter what you are doing to me, I know this is real. You have called me. I now know your voice. My sheep hear my voice and another day will not follow and I will not follow again. And I had decided that. I got myself s s planted in that and I wasn't going to move. Mm -hmm. I knew what that was out there. I knew what he was doing with me here. And I knew that even though I was going through a fire, he still loved me. I still had that. I didn't, he, it wasn't a condemnation. It was just correction. Mm -hmm. And so that's some of what's going to happen today is correction. Amen. When I made that choice that no God, mm -mm, I'm going to stay right here. I may not know and lean not to my own understanding, but I will acknowledge you in all my ways and you shall direct my path. Amen. You said that it would come near me, but I would only see it with my eyes, but it would, but it would not touch me. And so I started learning how to speak those words and put them in first person. And so that's why I have the passion because I'm not teaching from what I learned in a school book. I am not teaching from anything except my life experience and what the Lord has downloaded in me. Amen. It's amazing. I teach finances. I teach people how to operate with their finances and manage their money effectively, honor and love the Lord with it. 
be in alignment with God. I teach all of that. And in school, I couldn't even do math. But God has given me a gift that I can see numbers. And I can fix it and straighten it out. Whatever is out of order, I straighten it out. I'm a strategist. He's given me that gift as well. I can see a problem and I can break it up and I can tell you what to do. One, two, three. That's only God. That's not me. But I also honor that and never try to say that that is me. I never, ever try to say that that is me. I don't. So the message is count up your cost. So let's go back to the church. God has brought me out of that. But I remember being in the church and seeing when I first went in there, I thought, I'm in church. Now, something's not right here. You kind of learn how to talk and think like that from being in the street. Something's not right here. Something's off. Little did I know that was my discernment, but something's off. I came into the church, if these people have the answer, he said, I am, whatever you call out, I am. If these people have the answer to everything and money is their issue, why don't they have what they need? I see them dancing. I see them worshiping. It's true. They're not lying on what they're doing. They love the Lord. They're pouring and crying out to him. It's true, but why? And I just went back and said, God, why? And these were some times that I was questioning God also asking, I'm going to be completely transparent with you because I want every um, lie of the enemy. I came today to, to uncover it and expose it. So that's why I'm going to be transparent with you because I believe there are a lot of you that are have, have had and sometimes do have the same things that I'm saying now, and it's blending in and contaminating your faith right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. However, I said, God, why do they not have that? These were times that God was telling, that I was having conversations with the Lord saying, why are you picking me? How can I be? You're calling me different. You're calling me. He's calling me who I am. But I couldn't receive it then. And I was saying, I can. I just need to sit in the back. I can't. That's not me. How do you see me like that? He was telling me how he saw me. And at one point he said, you are who I said you are. Stand up. You are who I said you are. Amen. And then he gave me a scripture, Zechariah 3, where the enemy was, um, was speaking against um, the, the prophet. He was speaking against Joshua. And he was dirty and ragged and he was telling him all the things that he did. And he said, the Lord rebuke you. Go put a clean turban on his head. Go put a clean uh, a robe on him. And I said, this is mine. Don't you know that that's the, that's the stick that I pulled up out of the fire? And I said, wow, this is, the, my, this is a story of my life. I know you pulled me up out of that stuff. And so I often ask, Lord, what are you going to do with me in the kingdom? I knew I was going to do something mightily, but what are you going to do with me in the kingdom after all I've been through, all the things that I've done? He said, I want you to take that same radical attitude and that same stubbornness that nobody can tell you what you can't do and that same focus and that same determination, but instead of using it out there, I want you to use it for my good, for my glory, for using it in my word and in the kingdom. 
And so that's when I started having the revelation that these people are worshiping and they're true in their worship, but they're not going home to do anything. So when I was in the world, I was doing the work, but I didn't have the faith and the worship. They were in the kingdom and they had the faith, but they didn't have the work with it. And so when he's talking about count up the cost, we're talking about faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. You can't have the faith and the works. It's dead. It's got to be equal. Faith with works. We have to transform our mind with that. So I'm going to take the word of God and I'm going to read the scripture to you with that. And so again, we're going to study and we're going to be in class today. So it's James 2, 14 through 26. So James 2, 14 through 26, and I'll read. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things that are needed for the body, what does that profit? So I see my brother and my sister, and I see that they are in destitute, and they need the things. They don't, they're not asking for wants. They're asking for needs. They're asking for their, they're naked and they're destitute of daily food. They need clothing and food. And then I say to you, sister, brother, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I'm standing in agreement that God is going to bless you and give it to you. I'm praying for you. Well, what does that do? What is that profit? So one, let's go back. Did the person do that? Cause they just don't know. Two, did the person do that because they didn't have anything themselves? Three, did the person do that because their pockets were fat, but they were holding on to what they had? In that case, they could have been the extension of the Lord. Because you see, it's not for me to say to you that I'm praying for you, but it's also to put some action with it. It is action in praying, but there is some action that needs to be with it. So faith without works is dead being alone. Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works is dead. But if someone will say to you, I have faith and I have, uh, you have faith and I have works. That was exactly it. I had the works and the people in the church had faith, but you have to have those both together. Show me your faith without works and I will show you my faith by my works. Let's stop right there. I will show you my faith by my works. My faith is that I believe what God said to me and I believe it so strongly. I'm going to go forth and I'm going to do that. I believe it as if it's already here. You said I'm moving to another state. I'm packing. You said I got another job. I'm preparing myself. You said that I'm going to start a business. I'm working on all of that stuff. I'm not saying it with my, I'm not hearing it and being in church and saying, I receive, I receive, I receive. And then there's no action behind it. No faith. The doing in it is what calls forth that faith. There has to be doing in it. So verse 19, you believe that there is one God you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you, do you want to know, oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? What was not Adam, 
our father justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar? He was justified by that. God asked him for something. He didn't say, Lord, I love you. I love you. You are everything. I need you. I can't do anything without you. I adore you. You are everything to me. And then he asks you for something that is in your heart because he's looking for what's in your heart. And then you say, no, I don't want to give that. Then I didn't believe it. Did I mean it? I say this to you. If you tell somebody you love them, back it up with something else. Back it up with some action. If you tell me you love me and I see no action, you're suspect. I can love you and never say it and you'll know it because of my actions. I can show you consistently and you'll be able to say she loves me because I can tell by the things she does for me. I can tell by the way she talks to me. I can tell by the attention she gives me. And you, I never have to say it to you because you know it from my actions. Love is a verb. It has action. It has something behind it. Amen. And so Abraham, our father, was justified by his works when he offered up Isaac. He went the extra mile and said, take, Lord, I do love you. Take the thing that is so dear in my heart. Take it. I give it over to you. Even if I'm left and don't ever, and, and, and this is a son that you promised me. I give you my most sacred thing. That's how we teach. That's how we show God. That's how we are a, a sweet fragrance in God's nostrils. That we put some action with what we're saying to him. He gave up his son and put him on the altar. But God is so gracious. God had a ram in the bush. He's not trying to trip us up. He just wants to test us and see where is our heart? And how else is that being tested? Lest you ask me for something that is so dear to me. Do you see that faith work, was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. By the work, faith was made perfect. Amen. Remember that. Without the works, faith was dead. By the works, faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled saying, Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness that he was called the friend of God. Isn't it something when you know that you got somebody and I have some people in my life like that. I have some dear friends that I know I can call on. I can call on in a time of distress. They are my friends. There's nothing I would ever need that they wouldn't come running to help me. But I can also call on those same friends while I'm in foolishness. And they are my friends because they will tell me the truth and tell me to get it together. You need those kind of friends. You see that when that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out on another way? Even Rahab was justified and had works with her faith. She believed and made a promise between them, a covenant between them. She didn't send them in the way of where they would be harmed. She sent them out the other way. She protected that thing of God. That's what we have to do. It was in her actions. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is also dead. So I say this to you, family. Faith is without works is dead. We need to transform our minds. We need to reposition ourselves. 
Kevalina said, we're not beggars. We are not beggars. So I ask you the question, do you know who you really are? Do you know who you really are? We are co-heirs with Christ. Galatians 3 and 29 says that. Take these scriptures down and meditate on them. This is a word from God and this is the Holy Spirit speaking. If you really want this, this is oil being poured on you. If you really want this, take it and receive all of it, the fullness of it. God adores us. That's Isaiah 43. So if we can go to Isaiah 43, I'm going to be a little heavy in the word first before we get started because I want to share these things with you. So when we go to Isaiah 43, and I thought I had all of them tabbed off, but maybe I don't. Can you read that for me? Mm -hmm. Isaiah 43. Actually here. No worries. Isaiah. Yeah, no worries. I'll get I'll take it. So Isaiah 43. But now thus says the Lord, he literally adores us. So even in our hard time, these are the things that are anchors that hold you straight and hold you still. When you read and know how much God loves you. So when trouble comes, when the fire comes, it's refining fire it's burning off the stuff that you can't take to, with you to the next place. But now, thus says the Lord who created you, he who formed you, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. He knows my name. I'm telling you, family, this morning, he knew when I went to bed last night that I needed my brother to call me today to remind me who he was and remind me that the Lord was with me. Amen. He knew it. I was so overwhelmed with that this morning that God, me, and all of that you are doing, and I know how great you are, but these are the times that he shows you how great he is, that you would think of me to make sure I'm your daughter, that I'm okay. What a good father that is, that I'm okay coming before your people. You knew in my heart when I was preparing that I was doing it to do the best for you. And that was good, but you told me to stop. You told me to lay it down. You told me I didn't have to do that. You told me I already have it in me. And you knew I needed one more word to unlock me. And you used my brother to be my answer. Even when I didn't speak that to you, God, last night before I went to bed, I gave thanks and went to bed. But you still read my heart. You still knew my heart. You still love me so much. And you love each of us individually that much. I liked it when Kevalina said that she was his favorite. Well, I say I'm his favorite too. I always say that too. But he's got enough love. There's no lack in God. We are all his favorite. And so he says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flames scorch you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Sheba in your place. Since you were precious in my sight, that's all I need to know. So whatever is going on, he said he will give up things for me. 
I'm precious in his sight. You have been honored and I have loved you. So when nobody else loves you, God loves you. You just need to keep reading and eating on this and stay in that. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. How precious and valuable am I to him? Then why can I not be and show him that same thing? Fear not, for I am with you. Move down to verse seven. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed him, and yes, I have made him. Go to verse 10. You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen. There's that word. That was what Mike was talking about, serving. That's what um, JT was talking about, forsaking everything and just give it all. Lord, all I need is you. That you may know me and believe me. Believe me, that's where the faith comes in. If I believe what he told me, I'm going to start walking in that thing. It don't have to matter. It will manifest and catch up with me. Let it manifest and catch up with you. Amen. That's good. You can't, you can't, to run into that blessing? How hungry are you? Sometimes when I'm lagging my feet, God asks me, how bad do you want it? He knows what to say to me. I get myself back in order. Ask for forgiveness and get myself back in order and get back to work. Amen. And my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know me and believe me. He didn't say believe the other people. He said believe his word because his word is flawless. He said believe him because he swore upon himself. He swore by himself that he would bless us. Look at that. He couldn't even add us in because we ain't faithful. He's always faithful. He swore by himself. He closed the door on the enemy. He didn't have no way to get in on that thing. Just like he did with Jesus. No sin. Took all my filthy rags, all my filthy sin on him. Didn't say a word. Died on the cross for me. Didn't say a word. Took every lash. Took it all for me. So that when I get sick, I can say by your stripes I'm healed and I believe you because you swore by yourself. And understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, nor shall there be one after me. I, even I am the Lord and besides me there is no other savior. Don't look to other people to be the savior. Nobody else, just him. I have declared and saved and I have proclaimed that there was no foreign God among you, no idols. Put him and keep him in his rightful place. Therefore, you are my witnesses, says the Lord, and I am God. Indeed, before my days, I am he. And there is no one who can deliver out of my hand. Stay in alignment. Stay in his hand. Nobody can touch you. I work and who can reverse it? Now, if you can't read this and walk boldly in it. So I'm saying this to you. When I walked in that church, everybody was praising and worshiping, but they weren't believing. And the way they, reason I know they weren't believing was because they wasn't going home and doing the homework like I was. And I praised and worshiped and I ran through that church and I worshiped so much <laughs> that my children will tell you, they let me sit on the end of the pew because if they didn't, 
I was going to tear up their feet to get out in that aisle and worship the Lord. And I didn't care who looked at me, who saw me. All I knew was that I was in a fight for my life. And I had promised him that I was not going back. And I had promised him that I was going to stand on his word. And I didn't care because this thing was between me and him. That I could even know, that I could get even close to trying to love him like he loves me. And so family, we are co-heirs with Christ. God does adore us. The wealth of the sinner is laid up for the righteous, Proverbs 13 and 21, or 22. He says that a good man will leave an inheritance for his children's children. How are you going to do that if you don't have the money? And the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the righteous. I was the sinner. I just told you all the wealth I had and the parties I had and the cars we drove and the food and the places we went to. And the car and the and the uh, uh, shopping. It was nothing for me to come out of the malls and out of the stores, the expensive stores, with shopping bags of clothes that I did not need. I was filling a void that only God could fill, and I didn't know it. I was lost still, aimlessly. But that's why it took four years, because He had to get all of that out of me before He brought me up out of that. But He kept me in that. But he had to keep, and he's so awesome that he didn't work on me with all of the stuff at once. He let me take it one at a time, and it was just me and him working that thing out. Me and him working that thing out. I got to go back. He's sending me back to those married couples. You don't understand her? Pray for her. Cover her. She's talking too much. Pray for her. (laughs) We talk a lot. (laughs) You don't understand. We're emotional. Pray for her. Cover her. You're walking with her while she take, God's taking her one thing at a time to fix. Can you be in it? Can you stand in it for the long haul? This man ain't paying attention to you. Pray for him. Cover him. He works too Mm -hmm. much. Pray for him. Cover him. He come in tired and grumpy. You are, you guys, you are valuable to us. We need you. Sometimes we don't know no better, but we need you and you are valuable to us. We're not supposed to be separated from you. We just are not. And he's had a hard day. We're trying to figure in his mind how he's going to provide for you and getting beat up while he's out in the world. Pray for him. Cover him. Let him come in and get settled. When he comes in, have a meal for him. Let him get quiet. Let him have a resting place on your lap, a safe place where he can rest. Amen. Learn his love language. Speak it to him. And while he's resting, speak in his ear and to God with the three of you there and speak over that man and tell him how wonderful he is and how you believe in him. And you're not saying it with um, trying to get anything. You're saying it with truth. He's a man of God. Speak over that man and watch what happens. And as you love on her and she loves on you, you watch God bring you closer and closer. There must be some marriages that are splitting or having a hard time. 
Go in your corners and go with the Lord and ask God what you need to do first to fix you and let God fix work with each person by themselves. It's not your job to be fixing people. It's your job to care and cover them. And if you don't want to do it as God is asking you to do it, then you should not have gotten in it. But since you're in it, God hates divorce. As long as it's not physical abuse and all kinds of other things, work it out. You can work it out. And I speak over marriages and I speak that they shall be fruitful. Amen. And even in this time, you're hearing my word now. But the next time you get ready to roll your eyes, ladies, stop it. The next time you are saying a harsh word, man of God, don't do it. And even your tone will shut a woman down because it has so much power. But it also has so much power that it will set her on fire and she knows your love language. You won't know which way you're coming or going. So the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the sinner. I was the sinner. I had it. And then God brought me into the kingdom and he showed me. I had it. But he showed me, he told me, I had you out there and let. So all of this is working together. I had you out there and let you see it. So that when I brought you in it, you would be able to be a, someone that I could use to be the answer. To open the eyes. To wake up the ones that are sleepy. Amen. The ones that are grogging. That you can shake them and wake them up. Even in that case, today I was thinking, Jesus, I can kind of be a little harsh. But he said, and I said, maybe I just won't say it. So he said, no, this is serious. You know the times we are living in? This is serious. No more plan. No more plan. Time out for that. Time out for that. You heard it this week. If you're not going to step up and say yes, he'll find, he'll find somebody else to do it. You either want to be in it or you don't. You either want to be on the team or you don't. No more excuses. And you know when you're making the excuses. No more. And it doesn't have anything to do with me, you. It has to do between you and God. And he already knows. So the only person you're fooling is you or trying to fool mm -hmm. is you. But that was wrong. Oh, I had your money and I was spending it. And I was having fun with it. But that was wrong. So then we asked the other question. First we asked, who are you? Now we ask, who is God? Who is God? One, I can tell you there's absolutely no lack. Nobody will ever, ever, ever be able to tell me or convince me otherwise. Mike said, find it and prove it in the Bible. Nobody's going to be able to tell me that God, that there's lack in God. There Amen. is no lack. Whatever you need, you can have it in abundance. His words are abundance, prosperity, overflow. More than you can handle. There is no lack. So what areas are you lacking Ask him for it. How much wisdom do you need? He said he would give it to you in plenty. But you're going to have to be responsible and count up the cost and walk in it the way God would have you walk in it. Mm -hmm. He's all seeing, all knowing. He's our provider, our peace, our battle fighter, our ever-present one, our good shepherd. He's our righteousness. He's the best dad you could ever have. He's the best husband 
you could ever have, ladies. He's the best, I'm saying this, I don't know if this is right. He's the best wife, guys, you could ever have until he connects you with the one because he keeps you and he keeps your heart. He fills in the gaps. He is I am. I was right when I went in that church and said that he, they have the answer. But why weren't they pulling it down? Literally this week, I have carried the burden of the kingdom of God and people not having what they needed. You got to be shaken out of that lullness. I think it's because of the lack of identity. Do we really know who we are? Do I know that I'm the daughter of the most high? Do I recognize and am I saying it with my words and not knowing it? Do I know that I'm the daughter of the most high? Do I really know it? Am I believing it? And if I'm not believing it right now, maybe I put it on a post-it note on my mirror in the bathroom and I say it every day until it sinks in and I can digest that thing. Do I know I'm the daughter of the most high God? Do I know I'm the son of the most high God, the creator of heaven and earth, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the one that created everything, the one that is the light and the darkness shall never master it. Do I know who I am and whose I am and that I live in a kingdom? Am I acting like, operating, walking like I live in a kingdom? kingdom. Amen. So literally, because I told you that I laid out on that floor for those four years crying, I gave up so many times for like five minutes. And then when I got up, I said, no, I have not given up. I, I gave up like 150 times, like for five minutes. But I told the enemy, even when I was starting to hear those thoughts, I spoke back and said, if you keep trying to plan it, I'm going to call on the name of Jesus every time I hear something that I know is not his voice. Mm -hmm. So if you want me to keep destroying you by me calling on the name of Jesus and beginning to worship him and you have to flee, then go for it. I'm going to keep that promise. And then I started maturing more and getting the word and getting in the word and knowing the word and writing the words on cards. If you've been in my workshop, you know I have the words on cards. And I just speak them because sometimes I'm saying this for me as a woman, we're emotional and we can't gather ourselves. So the most I can do is grab the word of God that I have written on this card and just walk my house and speak it. But in a minute, that heaviness is going to be off of me. You have to find whatever process that you need so that you can get heaviness off of you, so that you can get the dullness out of your mind, so that you can decide and make yourself certain that I'm going to stand and walk in this thing. And so my goal at this point is, and I know this is one of my purposes, is to go throughout the earth and, and uncover the lie of the enemy because too many of us are walking in lack. Mm -hmm. And so the other word I give you is that this is serious. We have to get to work. We have to get to work and like yesterday, like yesterday. My heart is saddened when I see you don't have what you should have. You're entitled to it. It's freely given. He said he came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Yet you won't ask yourself the question, why don't I? Why do I keep going around in this circle? Why is this happening? And you won't take the steps to fix it. 
And even if I'm saying I won't take the steps to fix it, you sometimes you don't have to answer. But there is an answer. First seeking him and then going to look. You can go on the internet and look for your answers. Start reading. Start investing in yourself. If you want it bad enough, you will go after the answer. And you will not make excuses. Now I'm going to stop right here and I'm going to tell you this. Because God has said it and spoke it to me. I'm going to tell you another, and we do this when we're in church. When Papa is up there and he's talking and we go up to the altar and we put money on the altar. Just because we're not in that physical church together. When you hear a word, the pastor or whoever is speaking to you that's giving you a word that's feeding you and that's your word, you don't have to wait for somebody to say what to give. It's time to give. When you grow up in the spirit in that principle, you will give when that word is yours. I do know that the Lord said, give something that has a seven in it tonight. 17, 70, 700. Give an amount that has a seven in it. And you guys know how to give. So as I'm talking and I'm going, don't wait for me to call that. Don't wait for me to call that. You can give it. Because remember, this is between you and the Lord. So we have to get to work. So I want to tell you one thing. Money is just a resource. It's just the gas in the car that gets you to where you need to go. It's a vehicle. It gets you from point A to point B. You're here. You want to get here. It gets you there. Think about it like we're in L.A. going to the beach. I can take the bus. It's going to take me a little while. I can, ta- I can walk. It's going to take me even longer. But I can put some gas in that car, and it's going to accelerate me. And it's going to get me to the beach even faster for me to enjoy myself. It's just a resource. God is your source and your only source. Money is a resource. However, money is one of the main things that is used for every single thing that you are going to do. So it is a major resource because you will need it for absolutely everything you do. We spend money every day, yet this is the thing that we spend the least time trying to learn about it, about what God says about it, and about what we're supposed to do with it. That's good. So he gave, gives us the vision, but even in the vision, and he will undergird it. He doesn't give you something that he's going to do that he's not going to bring in the resources for it. However... Can he trust you with it? Are you going to take this money and not use it the right way you should for the vision that he has given you? Because if you do it and use it for the vision he gives you, he's going to multiply it. You see, we all we have to do is add and subtract. He Amen. multiplies. Amen. Amen. All we do, he didn't even ask you to learn multiplication and division. Add and subtract. Be a steward over it. It is not your money. It's not your money. You can't have it unless he gives it to you. It's not yours. He's asking you to manage it. You show him your character. You show us your character by how you manage it. You show him how serious you are about it. That you got everything else down pat. The business plan, everything. You got everything. You've done all your videos. You got everything. But you don't have the money to do it. So guess what? That same enemy that was stealing from you before... The one that was giving me the money when I, or, and I was out having fun in the world. 
with your money, that same enemy is still stopping you. That's the roadblock there because you can't finish it. You can't do the work. You literally cannot do the work. You can't finish it. Now I'm getting discouraged. Now I'm questioning and wondering, did he really call this for me? Did I hear him or not hear him? Was I right? Was I not right? Now confusion is coming in. Now the door was left open. Should have shut that door behind you. You shut that door behind you by addressing the money issues. He's given all of us assignments and he will fund it. That's the best partner you ever going to have. He's faithful. He will fund it. If you're doing right by him and doing right with it, whatever amount you need, he's got it. You can't tell me a number. Million, billion, trillion, call out some other, make up some. He still got it. But it can't have you. It can't master you. When it masters you, you're the servant. You master it. But you don't have to master it being Lord over it. Respect it. Be friends with it. My friend showed up. I got enough of what I need to get this done. When you start operating like that, it flows. If you ever find yourself where you have money coming in and then it stops, something's wrong. And then you get some more and it stops. Mm -hmm. You're not managing it well. What kind of plan do you have in place? How is it in order? Do you know how much you need? Do you have a target of what you need? If I had to ask what I needed, do I know the amount? Say I walked up to you and said, I'm going to pay. You've been praying, God, this unemployment is about to run out. What am I going to do for the next six months, for the rest of the year? Lord, I know you got me. And you're just going into prayer and worship, right? He hears your prayer. I have the money that he has given me. He knew when he gave it, gave it to me that he could trust me with the money. That when he told me to give it to you, that I wouldn't have any qualms about it. I would just go and give it to you because I'm just going to be obedient with it. Remember, the money doesn't have me. I, I, I'm using it as the resource. It's just a tool. It's like the paper and the pencil you got. You can't write on the paper without the pen. It's just a tool. That's it. And so I see you and I say, Claudius, the Lord told me to pay your, uh, give you your living, ex living, ex not pay your rent, your living expenses till January. How much do you need? I'm pulling out my checkbook. You can't that. tell me how much you need. Or you come up with a number that you ain't for sure is right. And then when you look back, you needed $500 a month more. So now he was going to extend you till January, from July to January. Now you're only going to get as far as November because you didn't give me the right number. We're going to get into that as well. It's preparing for the blessing. But I still got to go back to saying you must be a steward. This is his not yours. It will always be his. It will never be yours. It will always be his. It will always be his property. It will always be his. You're not going to steward it now when you only have a little, and then you're going to not steward it later when you have more. And better to learn to steward it when you have a little, because it gets harder when you get more. You're tested even more. So it's a resource. 
Another point, you got to prepare for it. I just gave the story of that. If Claudius is prepared and knows I need $5,000 a month, so I need $30,000, and he ain't blinking when he's saying it because you said, the Lord said, and $30,000 is a drop in the bucket. It's nothing. It's vapor in the air to him. I write the check. That's it. Because he dropped it in on me for me to give it. It was already assigned to Claudius, but he can trust me with it. He can trust when he tells me to do something, I'm going to do it when it comes to money. And we do it with a lot of other things, but money is so ingrained and woven into everything. And we use it for so many things that literally are dysfunctional. We use it for the things to buy the stuff to make, to comfort us, to buy the stuff to put on. So we look good on the outside and the inside is messed up. We talk about people on drugs, alcohol, and stuff like that. All they're doing is comforting themselves. And they caught up in it. It's no different than when you go and you buy expensive stuff that you don't need so that you can look good on the outside. One drug or the other. Pick the one you want. It's still all wrong. It's still all wrong. It's still wrong. It's still being used for the wrong thing. God is not against you having good things. In Malachi 3, 10 through 12, on the uh, scripture for tithes, he said people are going to look at you and call you blessed. They're not going to call you blessed because you're raggedy. They're going to call you blessed because you look good. You've got the, not only the light of the Lord on you, but you look like you live in a kingdom. But all it's going to do is open it up for people to come to you, for you to Talk to them about God because they're going to see you one way. Now they see you another way. They want to know what happened. Open the door for you to bring another one into the kingdom. Remember, we are for his glory. This is not for us. It is for him. So when he can trust you, he will give you more. So you prepare for the blessing. Count up the cost. You got to count up the cost as well because you need to hold on to the blessing. Once you get it, how do you hold on to it? You can't go up from lack to stability to prosperity to abundance. You can't go from lack to abundance. That was another dysfunction of mine. I was in abundance in the world. So when God started turning some things around, he gave me opportunities to have lump sum money. And I was, while I was in lack, what did I do? I took it and tried to jump right back up to abundance. He never told me that. I should have kept myself stable so that I could have longevity with what he gave me. So now I'm asking for my house. I need the mortgage for the house. And he's saying, I gave it to you already. You spend it wrong. You didn't steward right with it. I gave it to you already. So when we asking for rent, when we asking for a cell phone bill, when we asking for a cable, when we asking for food, I can guarantee you he gave it to you already. Or he made a way for you to get it already. But did you steward it and use it? properly. So we have to prepare to keep the blessing and to hold on to that blessing. We have to manage it well. We have to be single focused, managing that thing well. The next thing is we have to have a transformed mind with it. Whoever you are managing $25 is the same as $2,500. It's just got more zeros to it. That's it. 
It can buy more, it's got more zeros. But as you go up, whatever you were with $25, now I'm gonna give you some other hard words, but I know by now you know I love you. If you was acting ignorant, nasty, you looked good, but your attitude was nasty, that makes you look nasty on the outside after you start talking. I don't care how good you look. If you got a stubborn attitude and you're nasty and you're not kind to people and you look down on people, that same way you act with that 25 is the same way you're just going to be a bigger, uh, uh, um, a, a bigger example of it with 2,500, with $25,000. Just a bigger form. That's why we got to work on the inside and clean us up on the inside. You got to share that blessing. Remember when we read in James just now, we talked about here seeing somebody that needed clothes and food. You have to share that blessing. I think of it like this. If I can always have my hand open like this, and God is telling me, I, he trusts that I can, that I'm going to have it. And then I'm just walking up to each person and saying, take what you need, take what you need, take what you need. And as I'm doing that, and he can trust that I'm not going to hold it to hold my own and I'm being obedient and I'm going to his people and saying, take what you need. As I've got my hand held up, all he's doing is sprinkling more in there. It ain't never going to run dry. It's never going to run dry. Mm. It's never going to run dry. And even because I did that, if it gets a little lean, I have vines that never fail to bear fruit. I have resources someplace else. I have somebody else that's going to bless me because I bless them. I have sown seed that bring me back a harvest. So while I give it to you, if I give it to you like this and you take a little bit and you take what you need, then I can come back around to you and give it to you. But if I do this and hold it open and you take more hoarding because you don't think you're going to get any more, you also operate in a, in a spirit of lack. That's a, that's a spirit of lack showing up because you don't think you're going to get anything else. That's a spirit of lack. So remember that. Keep your hands open. Make sure God can trust you with the money. Amen. So we have to share our blessings. He's going to test you. Just as he tested Abraham with Isaac, he literally is not trying to trip you up with that when he asks you to give someone something and he'll give you a large number and he'll ask you, but he's only asking you to test your heart. Remember what I said before, because as I'm saying, I love you, God, and then you go to the thing that is, in, that is my most prized and you ask me for it and it happens to be money and I can't give it to you, then do I really love you? He's testing your heart and I am forever grateful for that because I can get out of alignment and get in the wrong spot and I don't want to go out too far. I want him to test me, test me because I want a pure heart and clean hands that I may serve him, that I may go up to the mountain. And the only way my heart's going to stay pure like that is one, me going before him, asking him for it every day checking my own self and him testing me. So he can take me through as many tests as he wants because none of the other stuff matters with all of that. A pure heart and clean hands. Your, increase, your capacity increases when you steward. 
When you can do this and know this, he's saying, oh, I can trust her or I can trust him. I'm going to give them more and I'm going to give them a little bit more and I'm going to give them a little bit more and I'm going to give them a little bit more. So you go from lack to stability to prosperity to abundance. And you just continue on from there, continuously staying in abundance. I can tell you this, I had abundance in the world, but it ain't nothing like the abundance of God. Nothing like it. I'm not filling voids with things anymore. And anytime I try to go fill it with something that I shouldn't, he quickens my spirit. But I'm obedient enough because I want to be whole and healed. And it's nobody else's responsibility except for mine to work on that. And he corrects me, but he does not condemn me. And he shows me where I am. And then he, I repent and he gives me another chance to do it over. So as we're talking about counting up the cost, I don't want to do this with leaving you with not having a way to, from this point forward, be able to create yourself a budget. So if you really want it and you hungry for it, I'm going to give you the tips, the quick tips and ways to do it. And I guarantee you, because I know this word is anointed, that if you will do these simple, small things, God is going to show up to prove his word. So we create a budget. We need to create a budget that is simple and realistic. And we have to have it all in order. The first part of having it in order is God first in your tithes and offerings. The scriptures that I use for tithes and offerings is Malachi 3, 10 through 12. The scripture for the offerings is 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 10. He asks us for a little thing and then he always gives us something bigger. He will always ask you only for a little thing and he will give you something bigger. His promises and as you're reading the word will work like this. He'll say, if you do this, I'm going to do this. If you do this, I'm going to do this. It's always simple, but we just have to have the action to do it. If you will do this, I will do this. Whatever you give to him is always zillion times better and more. It is. And he just takes you to the next level. The thing you have to learn at that point is if you're going to get in the water and you're going to get in that thing, do your part and be an believe and be an expectation that he's going to do it. And if you don't see it right away, you can give him the word back. Wait a minute, God, you said you was going to open the windows of heaven and pour me out a blessing. My checkbook shouldn't look like this. I only got enough for this. You said, open the windows of heaven that I don't have room to, to receive. You said you will rebuke the devourer. You said my vines will never fail to bear fruit. And then you said I was going to be a delightful land. People were going to call me blessed. I'm not seeing all of that. Let me give you your word back because you said your word would not go forth and come back void. You said it was going to go and do what you said it was going to do. In the offering portion, as you're sowing a seed, in that offering portion, he said, if you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. But in all things, with all sufficiency, you will have. Give it back to him. And if you want more, sow more. If you want more, sow more. He just told you how to do it. When you're sowing that and you're sowing those seeds, think of yourself as a farmer and throwing out seeds out on the land. First, you've tilled that land so it's not hard and rocky. We've worked on our hearts. We know what's first, who's first. And then we're sowing the seed out there. 
But when you sow the seed out there, what are you calling that seed? You see, God wants us to be specific. He wants you to have a target. Be specific. What are you asking me for? Be specific. Kevalina said that. She saw the name on that house and she knew it. She was specific. She asked for what she wanted. And he always gives more. In my workshop, I say this. My kids are running up to me asking me, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty, I want water, I want water, I'm so thirsty. Well, it's my good pleasure to give them water and quench their thirst. Okay, we have water, Kool-Aid, milk, and juice. What do you like? But I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty. They won't tell me what they want. They won't be specific. I'm just thirsty. So I give you water. And you look at me, I don't want that. Well, you wouldn't tell me what you did want. Be specific. You have an intimate relationship with God. When you bring that tithe in there, you are saying, and you're putting him first, Lord, I can only have this because you gave it to me. I can only have it because you gave it to me. I can only have it because you gave it to me. If you don't open these doors, they're not going to be open. I can only have it if you would, because you gave it to me. So before I do anything else, I'm coming to you and I offer this up to you. I'm being submissive. I'm serving. I'm making an altar and laying this 10% at the altar to you. Receive it as a sweet smelling fragrance in your nostrils. I put everything else to the side, all other things. I'm focused just on you. I'm not just saying it, but I'm doing it. I give it unto you. I make an altar. That puts you in that covenant connection. You have a covenant with him. You have intimacy with him. You say, God, I put my faith with some work with it because I'm doing that part of it. I believe that word. And that covenant, and because you're given that, it's not just money. I've seen it in my own life. It's health. It's healing. I have a covenant with the Lord. When cancer came at me last year, he told me about it. He woke me up and told me, get to the doctor and get the appointment now. And don't let them give you appointment later. Go and go to the doctor. I did. I had them. I went to the doctor for what I was supposed to go for. I had a report that was there. I didn't understand a portion of my own medical report because I read my own stuff. I asked the doctor about that medical report. I didn't understand this last sentence at the bottom. She read it to me and it said that I had cancer, a, 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 a small a mass of cancer in my right kidney. He told me to go. And when that word was said, I literally saw the hand of God cover my kidney and he told me, in that place, I have it contained. I have contained it. I was not sick one day. I had that surgery. I have not been sick from that ever. Amen. Amen. I went for my six-week checkup. He said, go, enjoy life. I go, no chemotherapy. It didn't move anywhere. It was contained. He didn't even know what he was saying. Amen. He said, there was nothing for us to, there was nothing. We got it all. You got, you did the other test. They looked at it. They see that all of it is done. It's not grown back. Go, be blessed. Have fun. Take some trips. Travel like you said you wanted to. 
Do you understand? It's not just money. So even though we're talking about money, it opens up avenues of everything. Even as I say that, when you think about it, what you have to do is get a firm foundation, a base. So think about a huge oak tree. The base is big and round. When you make God your base and your foundation, it is a firm foundation. So the enemy can come in, so life can happen, and you have to sway this way and sway that way. You can bend, but you're not going to break. I'm telling you that. I know him as my provider. I know him as my healer. Three years in a row I've had to have surgery, and three years in a row he told me to stuff beforehand. No, one year, uh, the first year, I was in the hospital longer than I needed to. I was on my back for three months. I was in the house for six months after that. Some of my stomach being removed, some of my intestines being removed from something that was growing that nobody knew, but God had me go, had something happen to me to me to go to the doctor and they found it immediately. Was not sick through that. The second time I went in was because I had to uh, have something repaired from the first surgery. The third time I went in was no- last November. Mm. He always tells me and forewarns me. That's my covenant connection. That's my daddy. He's not going to let anything happen to me. Amen. Amen. And I refuse to believe anything can happen to me. Even during the time that I, he's telling me to tell my testimony, even during the time that I was home before I came back from after the cancer surgery, I was going to do a photo shoot. And I was going on my way to the photo shoot, dressed, everything, makeup done, everything. Coming out of my house, going to put a cart with my items in it in the car. And I was pulling the cart, walking backwards. And I cut it short a little bit. And the back of my foot tripped backwards and made me fall backwards in my garage on a concrete slab. So if I go backwards, there's no way for me to be caught. But I was. Amen. But I was. I hit that ground, but I tell you. I was like I bounced, it was like I fell on a mattress. I don't know how to explain it other than that. I broke my fall with this arm, with my right arm. I got up from there. I, I, I wiped my, my, my coat off. Brandeis was with me. She prayed over my hand. She saw the whole thing. She, I hit, should have hit my head. There's no way that I should have been able to get up from that. She prayed over my hand. We went to the photo shoot. If you go to my website and see that photo shoot, you can't tell I had a broke hand in two spots, fracture in two spots. I finished that thing with smiles. I wrapped it and went about my business. How bad do you want it? I went to the doctor afterwards, got a cast on it for eight weeks. And I still function because the cast they put on me did still didn't stop me from functioning. No, how bad do you want it? My children have been sick. He, I have a covenant with him. I listen to him and hear him. He's tried to attack my children. My children have been sick. But I have a team with my children, with my family that I have created being a single parent. One, something's wrong with one, something's wrong with all of them. 
I might not like the things that you do, but I don't, not, I don't stop loving you. I'll tell you what I don't like. I still gonna love on you though. They got sick. We went into, into um, team mode automatically, into worship mode, into warrior mode automatically. Making the phone call, so-and-so's in the hospital. Okay, I'm taking first shift. I'll be there from, from uh, seven till three. Jessica gets off work at three. She's there from three till nine. I come at nine. I'm, I'm the head right now. I come at nine every night. In one case for one child for almost a month, slept in the chair at the hospital, prayed up and down those corridors and in that room. Amen. I, we, I, God, God said we were watchmen and we took our stations every day without fail. And when you're in the hospital that long, sometimes you ain't nice to people. We still stayed there, but I understand that. And we prayed over and we prayed over and we anointed and we called it forth and we spoke. And then one of the times they moved my daughter from one room to the next, I went to that other room and I was praying in there before they got there because I was ushering in the Holy Spirit and setting that atmosphere before my child went in that room. The doctors came in to talk to her. I let them talk to her. I didn't stop. No, how bad do you want it? What are you going to do? It is in your actions that you are doing these things. And I'm so grateful that God has taught me because if I leave here tomorrow, I know those three have each other. They got it and they know what to do. We go back and talked about that, counting up the cost for your families, teach your children. But mother and father, you are the example. Or mother, you are the example if you're a single parent. Or father, if you're the, example, ex uh, the single parent, you are the example. They are watching you. So you put God first, giving your tithes and your offerings. You're creating that covenant connection. You give your offerings first. The second person you pay is yourself. He said he came that we have life and life more abundantly. Pay yourself. You must have reserve. He does not expect you to work and have nothing to show for it. The only thing that's happening with you, one, you're not doing the work and two, you don't have it in order and you need a strategy. That's it. That's it. That little bit I just told you will turn your life around. Because when you're not worried about money and losing and having sleepless nights, do you know how creative you are? How that log jam that was in your mind is cleared so that he can download everything that he needs to download and you can get up with vigor and vitality the next day to go forth and do the thing that God has called you to do? Amen. Then it's not, can I do it? It is, I will do it. I'm telling you, pay yourself second. And then when you come to expenses, whatever you have left over, now you got to work that out with what you need, with, with what you're going to spend it on. Here's the thing I tell you that people do. They spend it on their wants and then they beg for their needs. You will not continue to spend your money on what you want and beg for your needs. So the third section of that, that whatever you have left, now you need to add up the cost Count up the cost of your wants only and make sure they are covered. 
because the only time we come to the Lord to ask him for money, and this is straight from God's voice now, because I ain't never said this before. The only time we come to God asking him for anything in a begging position, in a posture, crying, is when we've done wrong with our money, when we went and spent it. And when we're asking him for things, we're asking him for rent, for cell phone, for cable, for, for car note, for, come on. Tell me the last time you went before the Lord and cried before him asking him for some money to go out to dinner. But he gave you the money. Your decisions today are your realities tomorrow. Whatever you decide you're going to do today is what's going to show up in tomorrow. It's time for us to grow up. Years ago, it was on my heart and heavy on my heart. It was heavy on my heart that I saw my brothers and sisters in the kingdom of God living in poverty and lack. And some of those that was living in lack but looked like they didn't have lack. They were lying to themselves. They still weren't happy because they wasn't together. This is the first time that the Lord has let me say it to people. And I'm so grateful because he let me say it to my family. He let me say it to my global family talking about multiplication, we add and subtract, he multiplies. I'll give you another example. He's saying, give you another example. Two fish, five loaves of bread. Not only was nothing wasted, and look at the order. He had them sit in order and he counted who should be in each group. He is meticulous, and so should you be. In this area, it will open up everything. Not only did he have leftovers, not only did he have um, two fish and five loaves of bread and he fed so many, but not only did he have extra, he had 12 baskets extra. Nothing was wasted and he had 12 baskets extra. His ways are higher than our ways. There's no way to try to understand it. Just submit, serve. Follow the principles of God with submission, serving, and your money. Watch what he does. Amen. I know this is a timely message as well. We have been hearing what's coming. Oh, we have been hearing what's coming. And you're foolish and you're a child if you don't take this word and heed it and prepare yourself for what's coming. Just as I don't participate in recessions or any downturn in the economy. I haven't. I'm not planning to now. I'm not. God is so awesome. He multiplies so much. How do I work a day job and I'm able to fund my lifestyle in California, Prosperity 101 financial workshop, my ministry, and my business, and a home in Texas too. If I sat down to look at how much money that is, it still don't add up, but that ain't my business. My business is to be submissive to him and to honor him, to keep saying, I know it comes from you, and I'm going to be the best money manager you ever had. Our money is to build the kingdom, to help others, to show the love of God to others. And you can start with little things. 
You see a single parent in the grocery store, buy the groceries. You pay for them. You could trade that off from going out to eat out. You would blow their mind and you would open the door for them to know God. Either they know him already and they're going to know him deeper or they don't know him and they're going to get to know him. It's small and simple things. All of us can do something right now today. When you do your budget and you've got extra, if you don't, I said being, um, he's bringing me back. I said, be specific. When you count up the cost and you know that you've got only needs involved in that, if it is not enough, that's my bullseye. That's my target. That's what I ask him for. And I am specific. That part is not your problem. He said he's the provider. That's his. That's him. That's not you. That's not your part. Remember your partners, you're in covenant. It's two of you. It's not you doing it by yourself. Amen. That's why we get into trouble because we think we're doing it by ourselves. You're not doing it by yourself. Ask him for what you need. And then when he gives it to you, manage it well. And when he gives it to you, he will give you more than what you need. Because he always does, because he's good like that. If you have enough, I challenge you to go back through it and look and see, can you cut some of those expenses? Because maybe you can go to the next level of prosperity by cutting the expenses and using that money to invest so it multiplies and so it multiplies and works for you while you sleep. Go to the next level thinking. Even if you don't have enough, go to the next level thinking. Where do you want to be? You have to read and learn and know so you know what to expect. And in our lives and in our families, we need somebody to be the example. When I see someone that looks like me doing something I want to do, all it does is encourage me that if they did it, I can do it. Amen. I need to have somebody show up that looks like me. If I don't have somebody to show up that looks like me, then the enemy has still got chatter going on telling me that that may be them. That's, that's them, but that is never you. That's a lie. The other thing the Lord is having me go back to paying yourself. When you pay yourself, you pay yourself a savings and an emergency, both. Not the savings being the savings and the emergency. Savings is to never touch. Emergency is for life's emergencies. That is your reserve because when we don't have that and life happens, we go into our electric bill and we go to our other expenses and we pay that. But now we are buffering and in this cycle that never stops because now when I took it from there, I got to figure out where am I going to get it to pay it where I took it from? No, God first, you second expenses. Third, get everything in order. God will bless it. The word he told me to tell you was to go forth, do the word, go forth, do the work and keep learning. And so family, I ask now in the name of Jesus, I'm going to pray over you and over this word. As I am praying, um, actually, I'm going to give time for us to give first. We're going to give and make our altar. If you have not given already, I encourage you to put give and put a seed on this word. And what are you expecting and what do you want from God? Is it God so I can have discipline and consistency? God, open my mind up so I can work this. God, can I learn this more? God, I got a health issue. 
name your seed. And when we come back from you giving, make sure you have your prayer shawls and some anointed oil. I'm going to anoint you. I'm going to speak over you and we will be out.
Okay. Oh my gosh. Let's take a deep breath. Cause I know finances are a hard thing to talk about. It's very, very sensitive. But I wouldn't have given you all that unless God had made it move through me. So before we start, I want to give you a few tips. I had a question asked during this time about investing. Do you take your savings and use part of that for investments? Your savings are your savings to never be touched. Your emergency for our is emergencies that come up. Make your in your budget a line item for investments. And even if you save $10 a month, you save $10 a month and invest. There's so many if you Google and look on the internet, there's so many ways that are secure ways to invest $10 at a time and call yourself the, that you are an investor. Speak that thing and let it grow. It's so many things that are out there. The only reason that you don't know it is because you haven't looked for it. That's the only reason that you don't know it. And you can do things in groups. You can do more in a group than you can by yourself. Get around like-minded people. Everybody's studying one, one investment or the other. Get together and talk about it. You'd learn more in one week with those people than you would yourself. And invest in yourself. The Lord gave me that word for you, to invest in yourself. If there are classes you need to take, things, books you need to read, things you need to do, you can find the books and stuff online now articles and things online. Don't ever say, I don't have the money to do something to invest in your betterment. Either say, I'm going to do it in six months and I'm going to save this much every month until I do it or save half of it. Or if you're hungry enough and you know, you just need to get this off of you and get going with it. Ask someone that you trust, pray first and go and ask someone to loan you the money and then let them know that as you're going and doing and learning about your finances, that you, they are first on the list to be paid back. If you are honest with that and you have the honesty and integrity and the character to do it, God will make a way, but never, ever, ever say, I can't afford something. You can, because when you speak like that, you're speaking. We are divine beings. Whatever you said is what you're going to have. That's why it came back to you like that. In my workshops, I tell people to, when you have to cut out some of the entertainment and dining out, you feel bad. That's what you've been doing. But you and your friends have been sitting with each other, joining in on the same lie. Letting you stay in that space instead of somebody telling you the truth. Remember what I said earlier? I got some friends that when I come to them crying and saying different things. And one time, one of my friends, I said, I'm tired of this. I'm tired. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm just tired. I'm just going to quit. She notices my purpose. She knows it. And she supports me. And she said, well, when you stop crying, go ahead and get it out. And when you stop crying, get up off your knees, say a prayer and go about your business and doing what your father has called you to do. Go about the business of the Lord. You need somebody to tell you the truth. Do not speak negative. 
So when you're saying that you're not doing that now, instead of four day, four times a month, you're going out to eat and you cut it down to two because you're going to use that money, the other two for something else, paying off debt or whatever, investing, whatever. Just tell your friends, I'm working on something. I can't do that right now. I'm not available. That's totally different. And it's the truth, but it's totally different than you don't have it and I'm broke. No, we're not staying in lack, not after this. And I have poured oil tonight. Amen. Don't waste the oil. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. So I ask you to have your blessed oil and your prayer shawl. Have that on. I'm going to speak over you. I'm going to impart. I'm going to ask God to bless you in abundance. And I'm not just going in for you. I'm going in for me too. Because he has it like that. He can give to all of us. And so if you will, I, I first want to show you what, and this is what I learned from Prophet Lovey, from Papa Lovey. We're taking that oil. You want to bless your head. And so, Father, we bless and pour the oil on our head, God, asking you to transform our minds. Give us your way of thinking. I speak that I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. I think on good things, things at a high level, things that are pleasant, things that are pleasing. In the name of Jesus. And then I touch my eyelids and ask you, God, let me see things like you see them. Show me the way you see it. Give me your perspective. I don't want to think like, I don't want to see like I see in the natural. I want to see in the spirit. What are you doing? Show me. Take me to that place. And then bless your ears. God, that I would only hear your voice, not another. My sheep know my voice and another they will not follow. Drown out the enemy. Make him flee as I call on the name of Jesus. And then touch your lips. Father, that my mouth will only speak good words, words that are uplifting to others, words that are uplifting to me. Good things. I will only speak your words. I will only speak of abundance and prosperity. And then I anoint under my nose that I will have greater discernment and that I will have a greater sensitivity in the spirit that I will have insight and foresight, that I will be like the sons of Issachar that knew the times and the seasons, that I will always know what's coming because you will foretell me that. And then anoint your hands, everything that my hands touch are blessed. And then anoint your feet and every place my foot trods, I have, can take over every place that, every place my footstep is mine, is my territory, it's mine. And I'm just being honest, and maybe you may need this. And I anoint my heart because my heart needs to be healed. I know it. I acknowledge it. And I'm expecting for him to just continue and wash me with his water to heal me as I lay in submission to him. And he bathed me in his word and in his loving kindness with his arms around me. And so if we bow our heads... Bow your heads and let me pray for you. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you that I have done your work, that I have completed my assignment for today. 
And just as you blessed the bread, broke it and, 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 and positioned it up to the Lord for it to be blessed, that it would multiply. I do that with the assignment that you have given me today. I have completed my assignment. I have done it with my heart, my whole heart in it. The Holy Spirit has spoken through me. This was a hard word for the people of God, but this was a good word of meat for them. This is one that they would have leftovers that they can chew on day after day, year after year, and that it shall go forth and it shall multiply in their families, in their friends, and every place they teach someone these principles of money management by the word and marrying it with the word of God and honoring you, they are multiplying and you will bless them and they are sowing a seed that they will gain great harvest from. So, Father, as I spoke that word about my heart and covering my heart, this is a sensitive matter. And I ask God, this is my prayer and my ask to you, O Lord, that you will cover my friends and my family, that you will keep them covered, O God, that you will wrap your loving arms around them and comfort them like, like no other. There's no other place for us to get the comfort except from you like that that in the name of Jesus, I see tears flowing. I see tears flowing. I thank you, God, because that is a release. Their answer has come. The prayer that they was praying, their answer, you let me show up today as an answer for the kingdom of God. I am forever grateful for that, oh God, for the platform, for the people, I am forever grateful to Papa Lovi. I am forever grateful to Mama Maggie. I ask that you would bless them in abundance. Bless them, oh God, more than anything that you have even shown them. Bless them for doing the work. Bless them for, for, for providing the platform. Bless them for pouring into us, oh God. Bless them for being obedient and trusting your word that you would call us forth to pour more oil onto your people. I thank you, Father. We are lenders and not borrowers. We are the head and not the tail. We are above and never, ever, ever beneath. We are blessed coming in and blessed going out. Hallelujah. And those riches that, and, and the wealth of the sinners is now coming into our hands. We take it by force in the name of Jesus. And that force is by us deciding that we are going to stand on the right side of God. We will be in with God. We will stand up as the vast army that you have made us. We will get our things in order and usher it and, and lift it up to you that you may bless it. I thank you, Father, you have given me the word of Ezekiel 37. Whatever is out of order, whatever is out of order, I call it into order in the name of Jesus. Whatever has been scattered in the mighty name of Jesus, not in my name, not in my word, but your word, in the mighty name of Jesus, everything that has been scattered, I command it right now in the name of Jesus to come into order, come into order. You asked what this uh, can these bones uh, live? You asked what could be done with that. And we looked at it and said, God, it's so messed up. Only you know. Only you know. 
only you know, only the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings, only you have the mind to know. And you said, prophesy, daughter, as I have commanded you. And I prophesied that you said, you didn't say prophesy that I was going to say it, it was going to happen. You said, prophesy that you were going to say it. All you ever asked me to do is repeat your word. You never asked me to come up with any of my own words. You asked me to repeat your word. And so I repeat your word and I prophesy as I was commanded that the Lord will do this and bring it together bone to bone, putting flesh on it. Hallelujah. Putting muscles on it, putting flesh on it. And then when it still looks like it's not coming together, you said prophesy, Peggy, prophesy to it that I would put breath in it and make it stand on a vast as a stand up on its feet as a vast army. Breathe into our situations. Everything that is out of order, I command it to come into order. Everything that doesn't have breath in it yet, we command it and we prophesy as we've been commanded that the Lord is going to do both of those things. Father, I pray and give glory, honor, and praise in the name of Jesus. I share the prophetic word that I got less than 10, week, uh, less than 10 days ago from Papa Lobi, that anything in my life, everything in my life that is missing is going to show up and it is done now. I'm still holding on to that. Whatever is missing, whatever void there is, you are bringing it forth. I share that prophecy with my friends and my family tonight. And anybody that, that hears this later, Whatever is missing in your life, it is done. It is provided by the one and only true God, the only one that could bring it. It is done. It is filled to capacity. There's nothing that you will use money for again to fill a void. He is the filler of the void. I thank you, Father. I thank you that when I was laid on that floor and I was crying for so long, for so many years, and I was still believing you, I promised that I would have my foot on the enemy's neck and I have it and I'm going to keep it there because every chance I get a chance to call him the liar that he is when it comes to money, finances, wealth, and prosperity. If you are in the kingdom of God, you have it. Do never, ever, ever believe that lie again. I thank you that you have given me the chance. When I laid there, I had no clue that you would do this for me. And the word that comes to me now, family, he is not a respecter of persons. He has enough. There is no lack. He is not a respecter of persons. What he has done for me is only doing it for me. So I am the example. So you can see that you can do it for your, he will do it for you too. You cannot do it for yourself. He will do it. You must believe you must put work with it. You must look at these finances. Not another day. Will you look away from it? Look at that bank account every day. I don't care what it looks like. Call it what it's supposed to be. Do the work and sit down and use the three techniques that I gave you. The short, little, small things. And Father, in their obedience, from Deuteronomy 28, 1, 3, 1 through 14, I have 14 verses of, of, of blessings from obedience. And when they are obedient to follow the word that is given tonight, O oh God, let them be blessed supernaturally. Let them be blessed supernaturally in the name of Jesus. Let them be blessed where it is undeniable that it came from you and it came from them hearing it from this night. Not because I said it, because you could have picked whoever you wanted to pick. 
but because you are God and it shall glorify you. It shall put the light on you. It shall give them another sign and another, it shall give them encouragement and give them another testimony that they may be able to go and testify to someone else. Not only are they blessed, but their families are blessed. Grandchildren are blessed. Generations down to a hundred generations. If you will do this, you will turn it around for all of them. This is not just for you. This is for generation after generation after generation after generation after generation. And so we glorify you, God, and we bless you and we praise you and we give you all glory, all honor, all praise in the mighty name of Jesus. I seal this prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. And so I thank you guys for being, tuning in. I know that if you were here tonight to hear it live, you were supposed to because we were praying for you. I also know that if you hear this at another time, in another place, there is no distance in time and space in the spirit. I know it's going to still have the same power and do the same thing. I encourage you not just for this message. This is an anchor. This message is an anchor. But I encourage you to go back from Sunday and listen to all the rest of those messages. And the one that God speaks to you, begin to put the work on it. I'm believing it. I know it. I believe in you. I want to hear some testimonies. Papa and Mama Maggie wants to hear some testimonies. We want it to come through that God may be glorified, that God may be glorified. And so I love you. I thank you. I will continue to pray that God will water the seeds that have been um, sown today in the mighty name of Jesus. Anything that you have sown financially, I stand in agreement with you and I transfer my anointing of I carry wealth in my spirit. I transfer it to you. It's not for my, me to keep. It is for me to give. And so I transfer it to you. In the name of Jesus, I call forth a hundredfold return on anything that you have given today. And as you do it, keep sowing, keep sowing, keep sowing. In the name of Jesus, I bless you and I love you and I will continue to pray for you. Amen. <laughs>